January 6th. I'm at work, staring at my computer in disbelief. People are storming the Capitol. And this is going on across the state. Across the United States. Many people are storming their, their, their state capitals. And then I saw somebody attacking the fence in my home state of Washington. I knew somebody who was there. And that is when I knew it was time for me to finally leave the Lightworker Toastmasters. Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Dupree, scouring the globe to bring you stories of courage, passion, and resilience. If I could sum up this podcast into one word, I would use empathy. Now let's get inspired. Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I am your host once again, Brett Dupree. Here to talk to you about something that honestly has taken me a while to get to. Mostly because it stings so hard. The reason why I left the Lightworker Toastmasters, a club that I created, you can listen to, I think it's Podcast 42, it's one of my earlier podcasts on why I created it and the lessons learned about it. For people who don't know, Toastmasters is an organization where we work on our public speaking and leadership, they say, you know, I have gained leadership skills, but it's mostly public speaking. And due to the old school program, the educational program, because you get certificates and things, you can become something called a distinguished Toastmaster. Due to the old way of doing so, of becoming a DTM going away, to be honest, I never thought I would become a distinguished Toastmaster myself or DTM. But since it was going away in a couple of years, I decided to might as well go for it because I was at that time been a Toastmaster for eight or nine years. And I was one... I was one certificate away from doing it. I had to get my, what they call it, advanced leadership silver, which meant I had to both join the district, something I never wanted to do, because that's a lot of responsibility for no money, and a lot of time for no pay, you know, volunteering, leadership position. It's a lot of work. Even though it's fun, it was worth it. And then you had to start a club, or mentor a club, or do a speech craft. And I Wanted to do, I want to start a club because I have this idea of talking because, you know, I'm into metaphysics and all that stuff. One thing I noticed with talking to the few people who were also into that, a lot of them didn't feel comfortable with talking about esoteric, metaphysical, spiritual things at Toastmasters. I thought it'd be really cool to create a Toastmaster club where those type of people, like myself, who love to talk about things like that, would get together and feel safe and comfortable so that they can build their skills in those regards. Also to be able to take their next step and make an impact in this world, making a positive impact on this world. And then the Lightworker Toastmasters was a roaring success. It was amazing. It took 10 weeks to get it chartered. It was a lot of work. Luckily, I had someone named Donna Stoltz to help me. And Donna helped me so much in getting it started. The best decision I made was asking her for help. And it was great. And it was wonderful. Every week was magic. Just pure magic. I just felt so much love and just so much positive energy. And every week it was... And it just kept on getting better and better as we went along. Meeting more of the wonderful people who were attracted to the lightworkers, listening to all the amazing speeches 
that were there. And it was just pure magic. Just every week, I would just feel so high on love. I miss that. I miss that so much. As I say that now, as I recognize what I lost by leaving, it wasn't the same. It kind of started towards... See, every six months, you have to get new officers and a president. So the first four months of the club, I was president, and then I handed it off to someone else. And this person did a okay job the first six months, but a really good job the next six months, which is fine. One of the beauties of Toastmasters, in my opinion, is the perfect place to suck and to improve because... There's generally people there who are willing to pick up the slack, such as myself. While you step into that leadership role and to help support and mentor you, and also if you fail, it's the stakes aren't really that high. You, you don't lose your job. You can still pay your rent. It's a good place to work on your leadership skills and your ability to do things and plan things. And if it doesn't work out, who cares? Because... It's just Toastmasters. I mean, I'm not saying it's just Toastmasters, but yeah, if the president just bails, or if, say you're president and you do a terrible job at president, the worst thing that happens is that Toastmaster club will go away. I mean, that's the worst thing that can happen. And on the gigantic scheme of things, it's not that big a deal. And also, it's not that likely to happen. Generally speaking, it takes a very bad president to destroy a club. Which, I guess this is the story of a very bad president who helped destroy a club. I guess I didn't mean it that way. But things are riding high. Towards last, the January before the pandemic really hit, we were up to 44 members. We just finished Expo that January, if I remember, to remember correctly, January or December. And so we had plenty of people to reach out because there was going to be a decent amount of turnover. Because there are, generally speaking, in Toastmasters, you lose 30 to 40%. Every six months you have dues and you lose every 40, generally 30 to 40% of people every six months. It's just natural. So you just have to constantly bring in new people. And people leave for various reasons. They just get busy. Every week you do this or you move or you just, it's time to move on. You got what you wanted out of it. It's rarely, I hate this place, so I need to move on. I mean, that does happen. I'd say mostly it's because just, life circumstances. So we were in a very strong place. In fact, we we're even talking about splitting the club into two clubs. We had another place with the aforementioned president, who I'm not going to name, but the people who know me know who I'm talking about. We we're going to create a place at their uh, lightworker type Toastmasters at their place, keep our place, and then we'll have two locations and maybe even spread out even more to more areas because Seattle area has a lot of new age hippies. So the first thing that happened was the pandemic. And the pandemic really opened my eyes to some things. I mean, number one, the person who was going to become president during the pandemic was a person who I loved. I thought they were a beautiful human being. However, they were very unreliable. The type of person who'd make big promises, but just wouldn't follow through because they just take on too many big promises. And just, they wanted to do everything. And when you want to do everything, you can do nothing. So I was worried that this person wouldn't be able to do it. But the support of the other officers were great. And I knew that this person couldn't do 
too much damage, or so I thought. Because the other thing that happened was the thing that honestly rocked my faith in everything that I believed in was QAnon. The conspiratorial aspect that really took hold during the pandemic. That really hit. And the reason why that affected me, because it just made me re-examine a lot of the things I believed. But this isn't about that. If you want to go more into that, I plan on doing a live on Twitch, a big smile hooray. Well, this will... Well, you're probably not going to listen to this in time. But if you check out the Church of Awesome, I will talk about me losing my faith and how that has affected me. But QAnon is this basically conspiracy theory. It's a gestalt conspiracy theory because it encompasses everything. I didn't really think too much about it because when I went to their house, they had a Q poster. And the amazing thing was this a few years ago. I got really into conspiracy theories. I used to listen to this guy named Freeman TV and I listened to David Icke and all those people about, you know, uh, Atlantis, the merfolk of Atlantis, New World Order, all that stuff. So I was very deep into that. It just never hooked me because they're really good at protecting the past. They sucked at predicting the future. And if you're going to predict things, well, they better come true or I'm just not going to believe anything you say. And that's the way this person was. And so, but it was more of a passing interest. Basically speaking, QAnon is extol because it encompasses everything. It encompasses the eating the children, adrenaline glands so you can remain youthful. It does the Kennedy assassination, the merfolk of Atlantis, Lumeria. You name a conspiracy theory out there, it's there. In fact, when I looked at that poster, I was like, holy crap. I've heard of, of most of that, but in the center was Q. And Q is this person who acted like they were a secret clearance in the White House, in the government, and that, basically speaking, there's an evil cabal of people who suck the adrenochrome out of babies, who are the deep state, who secretly control everything and ruining all our lives. And for somehow, Donald Trump is the person who's going to save us from this. Donald Trump, the person who Lex Luthor in the 1980s is based off of, Donald Trump, whose father was in the Ku Klux Klan, that guy, one of the dumbest people I've ever heard talk, everything about him is just ah, pathetic. But somehow he was the person who was going to do that. That member really started getting into QAnon and was starting to take over the presidency. And that's when I noticed that things were not going well. They started doing rallies against wearing masks and wanting freedom and calling themselves patriots. Which, one thing I've learned in my life is rarely do people call themselves patriots to do good things. It's just generally to knock other people down. But the important part is this person who was president of the club kept on, at the end, talking about these realities at the end, bringing up weird conspiracy theories like the Rothschilds, which honestly most of the New World Order stuff, Illuminati stuff, is basically Jew hate based off the Articles of Zion, which was brought to America by Henry Ford, and it's all about hating Jews. It's all about hating Jews. Anti-Semitism and racism is pretty much the backbone of all modern conspiracy theories, especially QAnon. But you kept on bringing that up, but my hope was that, you know, there's just one aspect of it, and that it wouldn't 
poison it. I mean, the thing that really soured me on this person is they sent me during the George Floyd incident, which really affected me because that's my dad. My dad's a black man. I'm half, I'm mixed myself. And I could see my dad in George Floyd, especially when he was younger and buff. And just seeing how they could do that, to just murder someone like that and just know that they're going to get away with that look in his face. And this, they sent me this message on how he's not dead and how it's fake. And I'm like, you know, F you, don't share crap like this with me. And after that, it's just like, I, I mean, they were every week doing hypnosis to help me lose weight. And after that, it's just, I don't feel safe with this person. I mean, do you feel safe with a Klansman? No. I don't feel safe, period. They just talk about, you know, we stop because we believe different things. Yeah, I believe you're a racist, just bigot. Quite possibly not a good human being. And how dare you send that to me? Still mad about that. Never want to see this person again. It's sad when I look at old photos. I look at my memories on Facebook on a daily basis. So I like reminiscing. And every time I see this person's face, I just feel mad and sad that they ruined my club. But you notice... They would always bring it up. I remember one meeting we talked about masks, and I was the table topic master. Table topics is where you give out all these special, just little, I give out a prompt, and your goal is to speak for one to two minutes extemporaneously. Basically, the idea is, you know, sometimes in life, you don't get to plan your speech. Also, it gives people a chance to speak who don't have speaking roles. It's a, it's a good thing. Plus, it's just a way to build camaraderie. And our our table topics were deep, just really deep and amazing. Most Toastmaster clubs, every summer is like, what's what's your favorite summer? You know, that would be the theme and all the questions would be about summer. And this one, like the one I was doing was about masks and it was all about the mask we wear, the way we project ourselves to be code switch, things of that nature. When I asked this person about it, they talked about the mask mandate, which was not my question. My question had nothing to do with mass mandate. I'll never forget the way they said, the way that they listened to what everyone talked about and listened to what my question, all they could think of is there shouldn't be a mask mandate. And I didn't talk about physical masks once. I was like, ah. And later on, I don't remember which one came first, but I do remember they gave a speech on the BLM and Antifa and what they really were. And I had to mute that speech because I knew if I listened to it, I would have to leave. Because Antifa just means anti-fascists. And maybe some Antifa are jerks, but they're jerks because they don't want fascists. And I don't want fascists. I proudly call myself Antifa because I don't want fascists. And Black Lives Matter too, and that's what it means. So I knew I'd just quit right then, but it was my club. It was so important to me. It's hard to talk about how important this club is to me. And then I learned the unfortunate truth. I was before Christmas. I was hanging out with Donna. And they told me that people were leaving the club because of this person. Specifically because of this person, we were leaving. Generally speaking, we'd have 11 members per meeting once COVID happened. Everything went virtual. And one of the beauties of Lightworkers was that in-person experience so being virtual doesn't really help lightworkers as much. And that really knocked us down, especially since we were 44 going down to, we're 44. And to the point where like 
Generally speaking, we average 16 people per meeting, which is great. Which is great. And we would have meetings with like 20-something. The attendance was amazing. Every part of that club was amazing. Whew. Man, I guess I just never really processed my anger and pain and rage of losing that club. I'm noticing that now. Uh, I need to work on dealing with my emotions better. But learning that people left because of this person just made me really think about it. What can we do? What was going to happen? And then July 6th happened, which was my breaking point. That was shattering to me, seeing people in the Capitol. It was the weirdest experience seeing that happen. That was just odd. It's just There's a dude with a buffalo hat on in, in the where Congress was trying to ratify the election. The QAnon shaman, which was silly. It was a combination of ridiculously silly, ridiculously dangerous. There's people who were there to kill people. And then there were old ladies who were there just because it seemed like a fun thing to do that the president asked. There's this picture of the Capitol Police officer escorting like this 70 to 80 year old lady down the steps. And it's like, she shouldn't have been there. She's like 80 years old. And it was just odd. But in the state of Washington, there was another, there was an attack on our Capitol building where they got to like, they put a couple fences, they got to the second fence, then they got to the point of banging the door. And the president, this person was there. And that's when I decided I needed to leave. So basically the reason why I felt it was time to leave was I no longer felt safe within my club. As long as this person was accepted and another person who was like this person, but never brought it really to the club, but still had the same beliefs, still called themselves Patriot, was still a Nazi. It was just a nice, smiley-faced Nazi. And there's this saying that just always interests me. If you're at dinner with ten people, and one of them is a Nazi, you're at dinner with ten Nazis. And the idea of this saying is that the people who are silent to the dangers of fascism, people who are willing to just live their normal lives and not speak up, not speak out, and not do anything, are just as dangerous as the Nazis. Does it matter that you didn't flip the switch to kill six million Jews and six million other ethnic and different people during the Holocaust? If you didn't speak out about it, if you were part of the people who voted for these people or just accepted this election and just broke bread with them, does that matter? I mean, it's like the episode of Red Dwarf where they would go, they had a time machine and they would hang out with Hermann Goering and, you know, called them a bit dodgy. But it's like to hang out with terrible people who do terrible things. And this person was that far down what they were doing, their rallies, the things that they believe, the things that they talk about, saying all lives matter, even during a meeting, which you don't understand how hateful that is. Because you don't say all lives matter in a way that you believe all my lives matter. You mean it to shut down the idea that black lives matter, which is just such a bastard thing to say. It's a bastard thing to do. You might as well say the N-word. In fact, I, don't, I almost think the N-word is nicer. 
Because number one, it's honest. You're not you're not trying to prove anything with the N word, and you're not trying to take a higher ground on someone who just doesn't want to get murdered with police, doesn't want their neighborhoods over policed, wants to live in a nice neighborhood and not be. Yeah, this is not about that, but it kind of is. So I didn't feel safe with either of these people. Either of these people who, in their heart of hearts, are racists. They are racist people, full of hate. Even if they put out a veneer of love, I don't feel safe to be in the same room as them. I don't feel the sa- safe to be with them. Let's also go to the other part. Every meeting was an energy drain. And it went from something that used to fill my cup. It used to fill my heart. It used to fill my soul. And... Losing that, it's hard to believe that it's this year, still January. Then going to it became a drain. It became just this disgusting energy. It started to kind of hurt, you know? It no longer was that. I stopped wanting to go. I couldn't even go to the Eclectics, my other club, because the thought of more Toastmasters. It just, it poisoned everything in my life. It poisoned all Toastmaster things. There's other things that also started poisoning Toastmasters. But that was another thing that just hit. So it was draining. And finally, I couldn't be there. One of the things I'm good at at Toastmasters, I think, is evaluations. My goal is to help people. My goal is to make people more effective as a communicator. And if I were to show up, I would be making Nazis better at talking Nazi Nazi points. I would be helping Nazis. Or Nazi. The other person... I don't know if they preach Nazi things and outside. I, I'm putting Nazi Q and all that in the same lump because they're the same. They're no different. They're just fascists. And I couldn't, I couldn't do that anymore. I couldn't do that anymore. I'm almost gonna cry. So frustrating. Leaving the Lightworker Toastmasters was one of the hardest things for me to do. I guess I never truly processed my emotions about it. I just knew it crushed me. It was so hard. I worked so hard to build that. But it also rocked my belief in myself. It really did. So many people in my life told me I'm special. That there's something about me. That can help people. But nothing I've done has worked. And it's been frustrating. It's been a frustrating ten years of trying to get this off the ground. And the Lightworker Toastmaster is the first thing that proved to me that I can do it. It proved to me that I have the ability to be a real big positive force into many people's lives. I helped so many people doing that. It was so satisfying. And to have that ripped away from me was painful. And it had me doubting myself if I can ever do this. Ever since that, I just felt so purposeless. 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 That's what I want to say. I had beliefs. I had desires. I, I wanted to do the Church of Awesome. Just create a place where people can come together and Create a community of positivity and love. The Lightworker Toastmasters was proof that I could do that because that's something I built, I created, and so much of me is in it, and I truly helped people. I truly became a positive force 
for people, for people. I could see, finally, what other people... Oh, man, this is the first time I'm processing my emotions about this, but this is the first time I can see for myself what other people kept on saying they believed in me. It's the first tangible proof that I had that I did something. Something special, something that mattered, something that was positive. And it rocked me. It rocked me. I guess I couldn't do anything. COVID also took my favorite thing, was just group meditations away. So I lost everything in my spiritual life at that point. And I just became numb to it. I lost my magic. I lost my mojo. Oh man, did not think I was going to cry during this. So much pain. That I just guess I didn't process. I knew I was hurt and angry. Uh, but. So. Listening to that pain and anger that I had. You might be asking yourself why I didn't fight. Why I just decided to leave. The first. Is because it was dying. It just wasn't the same club. Because. A lot of this person. And I knew they wouldn't leave. I knew they wouldn't leave. And I was angry and bitter. I mean, I I couldn't go to the first meeting after that because I would just be yelling. I would just be yelling, they ruined my club. They ruined it. I worked so hard. I would have just been so angry and bitter. And that's not who I want to be. I don't want to be an angry person. I mean, it's fine to be angry. I'm not going to say anger is bad. Anger has a lot of great qualities. Anger is a desire for change. And one of the greatest things in my life was finally being able to feel angry again. But if I want to be angry, I want to use it as a positive way, not as a way to attack someone. And I knew that's what I would do because I was that hurt. That's not who I want to be. That's not how I want to represent myself. That's not how I want to be in this world. So there's that aspect of it. I just didn't want to be an angry person. And number two, I didn't put any safeguards in. There was just no way to kick somebody out. I created Lightworker Toastmasters to be a place where you could talk about anything. I just did not expect Nazis. I did not expect fascism. I did not expect somebody to rail against masks. Wearing a freaking mask. Just putting a piece of cloth on your face so that somebody else doesn't die. How? How could I expect that? I mean, I knew there was going to be some anti-vax stuff. And I'm very pro-vaccination. I knew that. I knew there was going to be people talking about things I didn't believe in. I knew that. But I wanted a place to be safe. But I did not think it would turn into a place... I did not put in the safeguards. I did not think that someone full of love and light would go down the path of fascism. I don't understand how you can think of Trump as a light worker. I don't think how you can follow that terrible excuse of a human being. I grew up in the 80s. I listened to stand-up, and most stand-up was in New York. And there's 
I've listened to so many. There's so many that Donald Trump is an evil SOB and everyone hates him. Jokes. This is a guy who's been hated for a long time. He's not fit to be president. He ruined this country. Everything about... And just... Uh, so much anger. I did just not think how a person with love and light and want to make a positive influence in their lives would go down that road. I... So if I fought for it, I would be saying everything I created, everything I believe in, everything that I built this club on isn't real. Because you can't talk about that. This is a safe place except for that. The club can't survive that unless everyone were to come back. Someone did try to save it and tried to get the person to stop coming. Of course, they didn't because the person, I mean, don't become... Fascists are not known for giving up. They're stubborn people. Yeah. So I knew that fighting for the club and trying to kick this person out wouldn't do what I'd wanted it to do. It would still... still. The only difference is, instead of them destroying the club, I would be destroying the club. And what's the point of that? And the magic of that club was gone. I didn't enjoy going there anymore. I guess I would have to find that enjoyment again. I'd have to rebuild that. But would the people left be able to do that? I And I put in so much work. Do I, ha- do I have the energy to do that again? And so I left. Rejoined the Kirk and the Eclectics. And left. It's It's been hard. That That rocked me to my very core. I don't think I've done a Church of Awesome since then. Or if I have, it's been one or two. In fact, if you look at my Church of Awesome and I'm talking about conspiracy theories, that's why I'm talking about it. Because that club just made me so angry that she kept on bringing that BS up, living in fear that way. Also, if there's no counter to it, I didn't want my speeches to be counter. Because, you know, I, I didn't think that's where, that's, I didn't think that's the direction I was going to go. I didn't expect me to become a super leftist type person. And I don't want my speeches to be QAnon is BS and this is why. I mean, my last two speeches at the club was why I'm losing my religion as I try to process what was happening to me. How, how bad I am feeling. Because I'm crushed. I had drive. I had purpose. I had a goal. In my life. And yes, sometimes I would go for it and then things not happen. And I'd get sad. And then six months I would do nothing. Maybe gain 30 pounds. But then I'd I'd always get back up. And I don't know. But I would get back up. I would know where I'd want to go. And now I don't. More on this on the next episode of the Church of Awesome. Which will hopefully come out tomorrow. If I, if I stay motivated enough. Motivation has been hard. I think I've been going through a depression because of this and other things in the global pandemic. Sometimes I'd wake up on a Saturday where I had nothing to do and spend the entire day trying to get motivated to do anything. Literally anything. And I'm talking about watch TV. Sometimes I just watch YouTube because it was just easy. But like watching a show is just too much commitment, too much work. The last year and a half have been difficult for me. And partly it's because of this. I mean, I stopped my podcast. Just 
felt overwhelmed. I mean, partly what was happening at Lightworkers, partly what was happening in my personal life, partly what's happening in my personal beliefs, and partly, you know, honestly, still getting 20 downloads. My good one's getting like 30-something, and just watching it just not grow again. And that was getting to me, and it was harder for me to continue with failure. And this also was thinking of a way to save money, because I had plans. But it was easy to give up, because couldn't think of. I couldn't see a light. Also, this is not the podcast I want to do anymore. I'll talk about that on my last podcast. It's fine. This podcast was fun. I most likely will start another one someday. Once I get an idea. That really sticks. But, uh, this is about Lightworkers. So, I didn't fight. It was over. But one person really wanted to keep on going. And they recruited me, Donna, and someone named Tommy Price to start a new Lightworkers club. So we created a Lightworkers Advance Club. And this club it only meets twice a month, every third, every third uh, Tuesday, every fifth Tuesday as well. So sometimes it's three times a month. So it's a less of a commitment. And he gets an idea of breaking up the evaluator, evaluator worlds. I don't know why that word's hard for me to say. And basically you have an evaluator and we're going to break it up to have a presentation evaluator and a content evaluator, evaluator, because a lot of times content is king when it comes to trying to change the world through or uh, talking about your modality and stuff. But both are equally important. So, And plus, advanced clubs need something to differentiate themselves from that, and deeper evaluations is a good way of doing it. So we'll see what happens there. We had our first meeting. Our next meeting is the 15th. This I'm doing this on the 12th, so it's in three days. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see if... I'm not as committed, obviously. I don't know why I said obviously. I'm not as committed. I feel more of an advisor role, and I have been inviting people. But it's just the thought of putting that much energy into something like that again. I'm just not there yet. Maybe I'll get that fire back. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. So thank you so much for listening to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I am... Your host, once again, Brett Dupree. You can email me for any reason at bre2ts2pr2ps at joyousexpansion.com. You can follow me on Instagram at joyousexpansion. Also, Twitter, YouTube. One more. No, Twitch, I'm Big Smile Hooray. You can start saying that. And then my joke is Facebook at Increase Your Joy because my SEO game sucks. If you made it this far, I love you for who you are. Sorry for crying. Did not expect myself to do that. I'm Brett Dupree, your Catalyst of Transformation in the Church of Awesome, champion of authentic joy, and joyous expansion life coach. Wishing you once again to be love, to be joy, to be awesome. And now play that jingle. JoyousExpansion.com JoyousExpansion.com Come and say hello to Brett Dupree. He's an inspirational life coach, good for you and good for me. He turned my life from grey to blue, I'm sure he'll do the same for you. Get in touch and you'll see, your life will change dramatically. JoyousExpansion.com JoyousExpansion.com Yeah!